Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chill Gamers Podcast. Today we have a special episode. We're actually doing, as we teased last week, our top 10 games of all time. So, to work on these lists, today we've got Aaron. Hey, everybody. Faced. Hello. And Jimmy. Hola. All right, everybody, this is going to be a long one, so let's get into it. Now, I know we definitely took some time trying to figure out what list or what games were going to be on this list. It wasn't surprisingly difficult picking 10 games out, but what I found even harder was actually ranking them. Like, I knew my number one and, like, maybe my number two, but past that, I was, I was struggling. I shuffled this list around a few times. Well, you want to just go down the list? Yeah, we're going to go... We're going to start at 10 to 1 countdown style, but each person's going to start with their 10. Um, I'll start off mine. Uh, my number 10 is the Bioshock series, specifically Bioshock 1. I like the gameplay of 2 a little bit better, but I think the story of 1 is just, just better in general. And I like Bioshock as a whole. Infinite was fantastic. I really liked Infinite, but I still think i got to give Bioshock 1 the top spot there. Bioshock's pretty great. Never played it. I mean... Can't comment. <laughs> I, I played one. I did I did like one, but after that it kind of lost me. I played about half of Infinite, but it, I can see why people like it so much, but it's not my cup of tea. If you haven't played it, at least look into it. It's a great game. Uh, Defaced, how about you? Yeah, so uh, my number 10 is going to be Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Now, I like Counter-Strike as a whole. That series is really awesome. I used to play it a lot um, back in high school and uh, funny enough, uh, tech college. Uh, during breaks, we would run Counter-Strike Condition Zero matches uh, and just kind of deathmatch it up all the time. It was pretty great. But uh, Global Offensive, you know, everybody knows it's one of the most popular esports in the world so i personally think it deserves a spot in the top 10 so beautiful jimmy what do you got um the game that actually got me to buy a playstation one was metal gear solid so i have to go with that as my number 10 it's just an amazing series and uh to see the game that started all in 3d um awesome game Aaron, how about you? What's your number 10? Uh, I figured uh, the 10th spot for me would probably have to go to one of the PS4 exclusives. Uh, it was going to be Horizon, but I ended up landing on God of War. Um, it was 25 of some of the most incredible hours I've ever had in gaming, and I've gone back at least three times or so to just watch all the cinematics and how, like crazy beautiful they are and how epic everything is and the music it's just it's just insane what a what a spectacle of a game number nine number nine number nine i've got probably a game that uh i think anybody knows if not has played already it's minecraft i mean i don't know how many hours i put onto it from i don't know how many consoles and pcs and everything it's minecraft i mean what more do you gotta say you were just playing it last night. Exactly. It, it holds its value. The face, which number nine? My number nine is Ratchet and Clank. The Oof. first game. 
I the very first one. This. Yep, the very first one. I adore this game. It's so good. I played the remake on PS4, and it followed that movie more than the original game. But honestly, I don't care because I love the movie too, and I love the series as a whole. And the first game is absolutely awesome. I love it. I just played through that on my PS5, the at least the new Ratchet and Clank PS4 game that was based on the first. Yep. No, that's a well. It is a complete remake, isn't it? Yep. So they remade the first game to fit more in with the movie that came out at the time, but for the most part, it's the same same plot, same gameplay, updated graphics. It's awesome. Beautiful. Aaron, what you got for number nine? Um, probably not one that a lot of people think about, but I put a uh, Shadow of Mordor. Um, just a solid open world game. I've hundred percented it like three times. I just can't get enough of um, like playing through the game and, and min maxing my elf shot and my focus to where you can run into a stronghold and just take out half the base before you even get into a fight. It's so good. The uh, the stealth mechanics are great, and I love the nemesis system. I would I would clear out the entire kingdom of of the orc leaders just to have to rise through the ranks again. It was so good. Yeah, that, that nemesis system was like a really cool aspect. Jimmy, what's your number nine? Uh, a game from my childhood. Uh, me and my sister used to play Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah. And just having to like hook up the actual Game Boy colors to like each other to trade the Pokemon and stuff like that. Uh, battle sit battling um, against my neighbors, and it just brings back so many memories. Classic game started a legacy of its own. Oh yeah, uh, can't I have to put it on my top ten. Mm-hmm. I yeah. had uh, I had red and yellow, and I stole my brother's uh, Game Boy just so I could trade Pokemon between the two. Yep, I think you need to trade Pikachu had to be traded. I think, and I spent so many time trying to use my champ to push the stupid truck to get Mew. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> That's oh, one of those man. games like you don't understand how much you can like connect with like what like that starter Pokemon. That I was like the first experience I ever had of like I really care about my character and I'm building him up. That's what was I, so great about it. I legitimately do not want my you know Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, whatever to pass out. I I need to protect them. Yeah, you don't realize that if you actually pick uh, Charmander as your starter Pokemon, you're playing the game on hard mode. It was their way of incorporating difficulty into the game based on your decision. Yeah, Bulbasaur is the easy pick. Uh, for number eight, we're going to go with uh, my number eight's Fallout, actually, the Fallout series. I'm picking three. I know that might not be a huge thing, is, you know, three versus New Vegas. New Vegas is fantastic, too, but the only reason I'm picking three instead is because I have a lot of nostalgia for three. I can I can agree with that. Fallout is not my style, but I did beat three. So if I I, I don't agree with your list a whole lot, but if you're gonna pick Fallout, I'm glad you picked three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just have, I'm I'm so fond of three. I still love the first. You know, walking out the vault the very first time into the desert, and you have you have to go find your way to Megaton and everything like that. Love it. Uh, Defaced. What do you got for number eight? My number eight is Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64. Mm. I love it. It improved everything on GoldenEye and 
every way possible and it just kind of defined the shooters on the N64 what little ones there were obviously but I just I couldn't get enough of it I love that game to death this is actually one I don't have a lot of experience with um I think I played was it Perfect Dark Zero is that the yeah, one on the 360 yeah that one is eh it's okay no, it wasn't yeah. great. It wasn't great, but <laughs> something about having to uh, having to use the camera with the C buttons. I don't know. <laughs> I, does does it age well? Have you played it lately? Yeah, so it's on the 360 with the rare replay, and it it's pretty good. Huh. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for the new one coming out. I'm glad they're not letting that franchise just kind of die. Right. It'll be good with a mouse and keyboard too. That's right. All right, Aaron, what do you got for eight? Uh, please tell me somebody else in here has heard of Lost Odyssey on the 360. Yeah. I've heard of, it. heard of it. It is... A friend of mine actually <laughs> plays it. Even on the 360, it was four CDs long. It is a massive game. Incredibly good graphics, great story, good characters. I still remember like every character. I can I can recall a lot of the... The key moments of the story, even though the last time I played it was like seven or eight years ago, and like I still think about breaking out the 360 just to go through it again. It's it's epic. I it's a 50-hour like story. I have it uh, digitally on my Xbox One. It's installed right now. I, yeah. You were talking about it the other day, and I was like, I have it's, this. Maybe I should actually play it. So yeah, it's incredible. the The ability gaining system by using different pieces of equipment just makes it for me. And Jimmy, what's your number eight? Final Fantasy X. Good one. Um, Ooh, can't go wrong. It was one of the few RPGs that I actually got into. And uh, the m- moment I saw Unaleska, oh my god. Favorite villain boss in a game. She's just gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> she is cool. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, nobody's <laughs> more gorgeous than Seymour, let's be real. <laughs> he is a beautiful man. All right. Um, my number seven. This is one that kind of shuffled around my list a few times. Um, but just the Elder Scrolls series. I'm probably going to go with Morrowind or Oblivion. It's one that I'm still torn on that I kind of have to give them a half slot on each. Morrowind was just great. Um, and I have that nostalgia factor of playing it with my friends. But Oblivion... I've played through so many times and I love a lot of stuff that they unfortunately didn't carry through to Skyrim, but yeah. Yeah. Aside from their goofy looking character models. Uh, yeah. Love them. The games. Faced what you got. What's your seven. Ooh, this is a, so my number seven's a pretty controversial number seven. Um, and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me on this, but I really don't care. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. It is my favorite Legend of Zelda game. It is incredible. If you ignore you know, all the fee spam and whatnot, it has some of the best dungeons in the entire series. It has some of the best set pieces in the entire series. The best gameplay in the entire series. Yeah, it gets a little repetitive with um, the little, uh, I forgot what they call them, like the beads you have to collect every other time, every other 
dungeon or whatever, but at the same time, like each each part that they did for that was unique in itself because it was a different region. And oh man, I lo- I love that game. When I was done, like I put the controller down and I was like, wow, that was incredible. I love that game. Uh, I've got two words in response. It's uh, time stones. That entire mm-hmm. desert area was, it blew my mind, the puzzles yep. that they came up with. So that will not be the first so time good. we hear about this, because I happen to agree very much with that. It's so good. I love it. Well, Aaron, what would you put for your seven, then? Uh, I put Gears of War, uh, particularly two. Um, everybody in here knows that I am a huge stickler for... Uh, third-person shooters, and Gears of War was what really kicked that off. It's why I'm as into The Division as I am, just that cover-based style and, and the uh, the roadie run movement and just the whole the the overly macho, badass like comedy. I love it all. Oh, yeah. I guess great. they do kind of play similar. It's a great game. Love it. Yeah, Gears is one I, I played through a bit. Um, played two and three. Probably the ones I spent the most time in. I really wish they would put the one in, or at least two and three on PC, but unfortunately, we just get one, four, and five for yeah. some reason. It's a licensing issue. I've looked at it. Those are uh, Gears Good. One and Two, and I think Three are some of the few shooters I've ever played. Like I've I've ever like hundred percented, insane difficulty, all of that. Yep. Great games. And Jimmy, what's your number seven? I have uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Nice. Um, I haven't beaten it yet, but the playthrough that I've done with uh, you, Ian, and um, Amaze uh, has been really fun, and plus I know it's a beloved game, so I do look forward to finishing that someday. Yeah, believe me, we're going to catch up on that later. That is one of my top five. And closing out the Bottom five. We're starting on number six. Um, my number six is Warframe. I mean, Space yeah. Ninjas. Yes, I love that game. <laughs> it's so good for a game that has. I mean, its story. Its story's there if you pay attention to it, but you can easily blast through the game without paying much attention to the story. Just the movement is so good. The gunplay is actually pretty great. I, I love it so much. I have such a fondness for that game. That's one that almost broke top five. I've kind of moved that one up and down a bit too. But And for a free-to-play game, you, you just can't beat it. Oh my god, it should be paid. There's no reason they, there's, they would be 100% justified in having that as like a $30 game. I would agree with that. But I've spent I think like a thousand plus hours on that game. It's <laughs> I've made more than more than enough off the time I spent. Yeah, uh, I think it's my second played game on Steam. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh Defaced. Number six. My number six is Final Fantasy Six. Oh, that's kind of also cool. known as Final Fantasy Three. So, yeah, Final Fantasy VI has a, it's, it has a special place 
in my heart for me because I would rent it so many times as a kid. Renting. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Um I I I I absolutely love this Final Fantasy. In my opinion, it is the best Final Fantasy in the entire series. A lot of people say Final Fantasy VII. I strongly disagree with that. Just because it's 3D graphics doesn't mean it's amazing. Final Fantasy VI has an amazing story, amazing villains, amazing characters to play as. It's just an overall. It's a. It it is the second most perfect Japanese RPG, and I will get to the first one later. All right, <laughs> Aaron. Uh, my number six is Super Smash Brothers Melee. Speaking of games we have a thousand hours plus in, <laughs> um, that was a lot of my high school outside of Halo game nights. Um, I was a Falco main, and I had uh, Young Link and Marth as my other backup characters. Um, are you are you me? Yeah. Um, Wait a minute. Definitely. Uh, it was just one of those games, you know, one of the games where you made friends playing it. You, you know, you got to whoop your buddy's ass once in a while. It was great. You also made some enemies. Yeah. We had our own little hierarchy <laughs> amongst our group of friends where we tried to have supremacy all the time. And then one buddy joined the group and just killed all of us. So <laughs> we got a little That's sour a at him. God, I remember Such probably five, six years ago, a uh, group of friends and I, <laughs> my buddy's apartment uh, pulled out the uh, GameCube and spent probably a week straight just every night on Melee. Yep. Ga- well, GameCube in general is like the console after my own heart. That's yeah. a great piece of hardware. I have the Platinum one sitting on my bookshelf right now. Yeah. <laughs> Never really got the love it deserved. No, it did not. Got it. it got the love from me. I didn't let it down. <laughs> oh, me neither. In fact, the uh, I will never get rid of my GameCube because it, it's actually in, you know, getting getting with the feels here. My my Platinum GameCube is the is the last Christmas present I ever got from my grandpa. Oh damn! That'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yep. that's it. Uh well, <laughs> Jimmy, what what's your sex? Uh, Resident Evil. I remember playing that with my friend Amber and just going through it. Um, the very first time you go through that one hallway and the dog jumps through the window, I jumped so hard. It wasn't even funny. Uh, fighting the snake for the first time, inventory management. Like, uh, if you play the game with Jill, you're actually playing easier. Because she has a bigger inventory than Chris Redfield does, like learning how to juggle the items and everything like that. It's just, it's just a spectacular game. I can hear you shrieking in terror right now. Oh yes. <laughs> Reason we don't play Phasmo. Well, you yeah, I was just gonna say, have you ever heard him play Phasmo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, we haven't touched Phasmo in forever. Uh, yeah. All right, now we're going to break into our top five. These are the interesting ones. These are the ones that, I mean, I know we all kind of juggle these around a bit. So, top five, some of the 
bottom five may also have been in here at some point. So I'm actually going to carry off a Jimmy for Divinity Original Sin 2. I mean, it's a fantastic game. It's a great RPG. The story, the voice acting, everything is so good. The level designs, well, map designs, I guess, not necessarily levels, but it's fantastic. I love the customization. I I really enjoy party games. Uh, not not like parties in a group of friends, but like party management games where you can you can select like you you can build your party for an RPG. I have such a fondness for that. And I think what actually brought it to the top of my list is the playthrough that Jimmy Mays and I are doing. Um, I'm having such a good time playing like a Death Knight where there's been battles. It still sticks with me too, and I think that's why it's on my top five. Because I still think about it. Like, we're in a fight, everyone's dead, I'm the last one left, and we finish off the fight in that, and we, like, scrape by it on the skin of our teeth. It's so good. I love Divinity so much. See, I love it because there's just so many options. Like, it's not just straightforward combat or whatever it is. insane. You have to think about your battlefield, and there's elevation and cover, and it's just so good. You shall not pass. Oh, I have such a fondness for Divinity. It's such a great game. It's so well designed. And I mean, it shows too. I think the ratings for it are pretty good. Um, and here I am. I've never gotten past Fort Joy. I will. That is yeah. one thing for if you don't know what you're doing, Fort Joy can be a little rough, uh, especially like your very first time playing through. But once you get the hang of the game and you know where you're going, it's uh, just monumentally better. I'd be down to start another run with you, Aaron. If, if <laughs> I am you, always I mean, starting more Divinity. <laughs> I've tried four different times to get into it. Uh, it. Maybe it'll click someday. I don't know. We'll keep trying. There's uh, a lot to it. There's so I think much even DeFaced tried it, too. Didn't you, DeFaced? Yeah, no, I like it. It's just my my issue is, and this is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of choice in the story. And while mm-hmm. some people love that, I, f- I feel that there's almost a sense of, of fear of missing out. Oh, to an like, extent. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, if I don't pick this, I'm going to have to wait for another playthrough to try it. Right. Yeah, I feel that. And, I get it. And, and it's great. It's just... It, I don't know. I just don't want to miss out on anything. It's it's like the Fallout series or or Elder Scrolls, you know. Especially Fallout, you know. I'll, I'll play through and I'll need to have a certain, you know, computer skill to to unlock a terminal or something that'll give me that'll unlock a door to get me a bobblehead or something like that. And it's just like I want to get everything, but I can't get everything because I don't have the right skills, and I don't have the right skills because I didn't start the game that way. It's just. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I get it. That's when I understand, but I, I think I've played through all of those so many times. I, I don't know how many characters I have in yeah. all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Defaced, your top five, starting number five. All right, so I said my last one, Final Fantasy VI, was the second most perfect Japanese RPG. I lied, it's the third. The second perfect Japanese RPG in my eyes. 
is Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. It is a wonderful RPG with Mario characters and Gino, my goodness, I wish Nintendo would bring Gino back somehow. But it's never going to happen to Faced. I <laughs> just know. let it go. I, I want, want it to. I want Gino back so bad. Put him in Smash. Come on. That Gino beam would destroy. I, want it I mean, so there bad. is Sephiroth to contend with now, though. So No. I always figured um, it was what some I, kind of licensing thing with Square that like they own part rights to that character or something stupid like that but right i don't know what one thing i love that they did with that game is they still gave you that classic square like penance style end game boss yeah that is so emblematic of square and they put it in a mario game anyway it even right. looks like it's straight out of final fantasy it's so great i love that they do things like that yep the uh a hidden boss in Monstro Town. Uh, what was his name? Culex. I beat him, got the best ring in the game, uh, leveled everybody up to level 99, beat Smithy. I, I did everything. Like that game is just, it is so good in terms of a Japanese RPG that, like, if you have a Super Nintendo, you have to play that game. Like, you just have to. It's so good. Uh, Aaron, top five, number five, what do you got? So one of the things I learned when I was making my list is, is just how good the Game Boy Advance was. Yes. And yes. for all the JRPGs we've talked about tonight, I think, I think Golden Sun has all of them beat. I think Golden Sun Ooh. 1 and 2 are better than any Final Fantasy game, and I will stake my name on that. They are the best turn-based JRPGs of all time. Wow. They, they give you everything that a typical Final Fantasy game will give you, except they give you the synergy abilities on the world map and when you're exploring and to do puzzles that you can also turn around and use in combat. They let you connect with every character. They, and going into the second game, you have eight characters because the four from the first game are also in your party. And so you get that, you know, it's not just nostalgia. It's, it's the characters you got to know over the first game are with you again. And all of their progress comes with you and all of their gin come with you. And much the same way you would connect with like your starter Pokemon. Like I love Charmander. I've got, you know, Fugue and I've got Flint for Jinnies that I can, you know, care about as I play through both games. It is, it's, it's sublime. The, uh, it's kind of like Pokemon. Yeah. And the, the depth of the music that they were able to achieve on a Game Boy Advance, that, that music is some of the best music I've ever heard in my life in a game. As far as I'm concerned, you can't beat it. The fact that they were able to fit, such a massive game on that small of a cartridge is pretty, pretty amazing. All right. And Jimmy, your top five, number five, what do you got? <sighs> Yet another game from my childhood, uh, Super Mario World for Super Nintendo. Um, All right. I just played the crap out of it. Uh, I wasn't really that good at it. My wife actually played it 
uh, Virtual Console on the Wii. When we had a Wii, then we got a Switch, and she has it on the Switch. Um, it's just an insane game. Very good. Like She knows all the ins and outs of the secrets, and I just... It's a classic game, so yeah, we'll just go with that. Yeah, it is definitely a classic. One of the best yeah, games ever made. I'll give it credit. For some reason, when I was a kid, even those like 2D pixelated sprites in the ghost houses actually freaked me out as a kid. Yep. It <laughs> was well done. Bouncing yeah. around. It's <laughs> yeah. weird how well older games did horror stuff with what linear graphics they had, which... Uh, which Zelda game was it where you had that weird, like, pale worm-looking guy in the underground dungeon? Or you're in, like, the underground cave? That was Ocarina of Time. That was the bottom of the well. Yeah. That's how you get the hover boots. Yeah, that creepy person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More to come on that. (laughs) Yeah. Um... (laughs) We're going to pull around to four. My number four is Final Fantasy. Uh, I'm noticing, looking down our list, we all have a Final Fantasy on our list somewhere, with one being an honorable mention. However, Final Fantasy... 14, actually. (laughs) Um, The series deserves it. I I wasn't big on a lot of the RPGs when I was younger, so I never played a lot of the Final Fantasies through. Um, I think I played... Uh, what was what was it was it wasn't seven following cloud it was following it's like advent children or something are you talking about dirge of cerberus with vincent yes yes vincent played through that one like crazy but you know 14 it's the it's the mmo it's a fantastic mmo um they do a lot of things right that i think a lot of mmos do not do um the ability to not have to start a new character to do if you want to be a tank you don't have to start a new character to play a dps you just switch your well they they call them jobs you just switch your job you can level up every class in the game on one account it's even like such a, a good idea they even have like a subscription model for that don't they uh i don't know about the subscription model for it um well i was i looked into it when like when uh a while back i looked into getting a sub for it and they had different payment models um where it was like you could you know traditional 15 bucks a month but then they also had one that was like 8.99 a month but it was like one character slot but you could oh you had access to like every job yeah that's that's a bit different um you can i mean you can have multiple characters um but the lower tier you can only have one or two and they have to be on like the same world or something uh with the higher tier you can have multiple characters on multiple worlds uh something like that but yeah it's just a great game the dungeons are fun the raids are fun it's i haven't played through with the newest expansion that they put out last year the year before excellent mmo but yeah i love it uh defaced you are number four all right, so my number four, I really had to think about this one because there, there's, you know, multiple games in the series and a lot of people will disagree with me and probably say the third one is the best. Um, but 
My number four is Halo 2. And the reason why Halo 2 uh, and not Halo 3 is pretty simple. Um, when Halo 1 came out, you know, that was like, that changed everything in terms of a shooter on a console. And it, it, it was just an amazing game. It wasn't perfect, though. There were a lot of bumps in the road, and it, it just, it was very slightly not as good as it could be, I guess I, I guess you could say. Anyway, but there was a lot of hype for hype for Halo 2. Um, and I re- remember reading an article in like Game Informer or something like that back in high school that had like, or like GameSpot or something like that. They had um, uh, like an article about Halo 2 and they were talking about uh, the map Waterworks and multiplayer and how massive the map was going to be for multiplayer and you're going to have huge battles and all this stuff. And like when it came out, um, like it, it was a big deal. It, it it improved everything that the first game had. Um, I think I've probably played through that campaign more than any other Halo game combined. Um, you could glitch out of maps and explore different parts of the map and find Easter eggs and stuff. It's man, it was so good. I remember playing on uh, the level Regret, where you got the tank. You went across the bridge. You go through the uh, around the waterfall. Uh, you come out into a clearing, and you can like cli- literally climb up the side of a mountain with a tank, and then drive that up another side of another mountain to get outside of outside of the map. And you really get a, a like a sense of scope for what Bungie was trying to do. And in my eyes, I don't think Bungie has ever ever topped that level of of that that scope in any of their games even destiny i mean destiny is great in terms of like how massive the game is but at the same time like there's a lot of corridors in destiny whereas like there's so many open open places in halo 2 um even halo 3 has a ton of corridors but like halo 2 man i love it the story was cool the weapons were cool dual wielding i wish that would come back um yeah halo 2 has i have a lot of memories with that game and there's a reason for that i agree 100 percent. i mean there was nothing better in back in the day than swords and shotguns on lockout that was our jam and capture the flag at, at coagulation oh my goodness coag yes i also yeah. i also love love the arbiter he is such a good character, and he's mm-hmm. at his finest in two, when he actually is like a fallen, a fallen soldier trying to redeem himself. You know. Yeah, yeah. I gotta give you two is two is very good. Two is fantastic. Yeah, I mean all the problems that everybody knows about with the development of Halo Two. I mean, even with all that and and them cutting out a bunch of stuff and reusing different assets, and Bungie is like the master of reusing maps and assets. Um, like it just, it turned out so, so good. And I was playing through the, the, the cross platform or the cross game playlist on the master chief collection. And it's, it's really funny because there's so many parts of halo two that you can literally just skip, like just drive straight through a level and just finish. Um, and and a lot of people will think that's a bad thing, but I think that's really cool because it gives you the, you know, the choice of whether or not you want to engage in a fight or just keep going. 
and just move on to the next move on to the next part um and halo 3 really lock locks down that um that you know point to point to point to point um same with halo reach and same with same with destiny even to an extent so halo 2 gave you a ton of freedom in your gameplay and i love that about the game that was really good moving on though aaron you're number four so i i i don't want to sound cocky but i think on the mmo front i've still got you all beat again my number four is guild wars the original i have almost three thousand hours in this game and that is because i it is a 16 year old game and i still play it to this day i just played it two days ago i ran a mission in cantha never once have i had to pay a subscription fee which is incredible. Every single campaign has so much to love about it, and they're so distinct from one another. I main a ritualist, but most of my favorite characters are are um, add-on characters. I main a ritualist, and then I my secondary is a dervish. Eye of the North was an incredible capstone to the the story, and it, you know I, I'm still going after titles and uh, monuments and, you know, different um, milestones that you can reach even 3,000 th- 3, hours in. It's just still, you know, and the, the, the graphics haven't held up terribly well. Obviously, it came out in 2005, but there are still certain places where I can picture that I can go in the game and just be in awe, like the Crystal Desert Overlook, the Jade Sea, the Echovald Forest, Vobby, I mean, it's incredible. Torment, just places I I will still to this day just go into the game just to just to walk through. It's that good. It's a very good game. I I love first Guild Wars. Yeah, that's another one where you make you make lifelong friends in in games like that. I there are people that I I only know online that I still game with today because of Guild Wars. Yeah, I think it did. It did everything right, and I think it had a lot of flack for a few for you know certain aspects of the game, but it did it for a reason. Um, you know, the fact that you had to have a party to do anything, but you, I mean, you had those companions, right? Like you can, yeah, you can do almost anything with, with heroes these days. There's a couple end game dungeons that you can't really do unless you have at least like six or eight people, which if mm-hmm. I had to, I could still scrounge together because any one of us can jump back in today and we don't have to keep up a subscription or an account. One of the things I didn't like about Final Fantasy 14 is that Mog Station, which is a nightmare to me, that you yeah. can't just handle everything in game. Guild Wars, you still can. The store is right there in game. It's just. I, I can they, get into it and it's like it never never aged a day. I remember they had they had a quest that you could pick up in Lion's Arch and it was a quest to like go like kill a mage or a wizard or something. Uh, I think you're talking about the war in Krita. It's like a story that bridges um prophecies and Eye no, of the North. No, it's it's something that has never been explained. Like it like there's still like aspects of it in Guild Wars 2. Like there's a zone in Guild Wars 2 where you can see the mage's tower like floating off in the distance or something. 
Really? And that was that was the same. Yeah, if I find it, I'll send it to you. But it's it's a really cool piece of lore from the from the series. And I remember partying up with like three other guys online, and I was a necromancer, and we had you know a warrior, and then a healer, and then you know a DPS guy. And I remember going up this canyon, and this canyon was filled to the brim with enemies, and each one was like a necromancer, and they could spawn different. Uh, enemies and like stun lock you and like they could easily overwhelm you if you don't take them out fast enough and we just weren't right. we weren't good enough to do it um and we spent maybe like four or five hours just trying to do that quest and we still didn't finish it. we never finished it because yeah. it was so different thing that's another thing about it there's only 20 levels and it's not hard to get to the whole point yeah. of the game is to get you to max level and and then it's completely skill based how well can you set up a build how well can you theory craft how well can you synergize your different skills and and uh pieces of equipment yeah. and it wasn't hard to get the max armor it was hard to get the elite set of max armor but nothing was better because it was more expensive everything was accessible as far as stats and everyone was on the same playing field. You're making me want to play the game. It's incredible. It's still, the complete edition is still $40 today. For all three of the main stories and the Eye of the North expansion. It's $40. There's, well worth there, it. There's only two reasons for that. One, they want you to play Guild Wars 2. Or two, people are still buying it. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And Jimmy, your number four. <sighs> My number four is uh, Dark Souls 3 slash Bloodborne. Yep. <laughs> well, I see that on a couple of other people's lists, so I'm yeah. assuming we can chat more about that in a few yeah, minutes. We will. <laughs> I, I will. I will get into that one with you as well, because I'm with you on that one. Very good. Very oh, good. Yeah. Defaced, I'm actually kind of surprised I didn't see that on yours. Um, yeah. I I like Dark Souls 3. Uh I think it's the best in the series. Um like gameplay wise. Thematically, I like Dark Soul Dark Souls 2 better. Uh, and Dark Souls 1, I just do not like. All right, and the top three. We're finally here. Um, I'm gonna start off mine. My top three is Halo, the Halo series. I really like to. Um, I had a pretty good time in Reach and everything, but my my favorite still got to be Halo Three. Uh, just the story is so good. Um, I mean, yep. especially towards the end where you're you're fighting off, you know, you're fighting off the Covenant, and then the the Prophet takes over, and you got to take down the Prophet with the Flood. And then you have to escape on like the collapsing world, and you have to drive your warthog through it, and you have to launch into the pillar of autumn, and just the crescendo of music. So O'Donnell, have... man, <laughs> I have such fond memories of my brother and I. We would play through that. I don't know how many times, but oh, it was so good collecting all the skulls to get all your skulls achievements. And the multiplayer was fantastic. The big team deathmatch on what was the sand was it sandbox sand pit? I think it was. I think it was sand pit. I think it's, yeah, it's one of the. Well, two. there were there were two. There were two, right? It was the it was the big two where you had the elephants on each side. I think that was sandbox sand trap. 
Sand Trap, yeah. Sand Trap and Valhalla, where you had the two two castles on either side, and you could launch down the creek, and there was the Spartan laser yeah. on the hill that everyone was fighting over. God, the multiplayer was so good. It was. So good. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my number three. <laughs> um, yeah, Halo in general is just fantastic. Such really a good, good series. It's such, such a, a good, good series. series. Uh, Defaced. You uh, actually, let's do. We're gonna switch up the order because Defaced and Jimmy have the same game. Uh, so we're actually gonna pull Aaron. Aaron, what's your number? Uh, your number three. Oh, my number three is uh, the Zelda franchise as a whole. Um, I happen to agree with Defaced. I think Skyward Sword's the best. Um, if I had to split them up, they would probably take up half my list. Um, for me, it goes Skyward Sword, then Ocarina of Time, and then Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild really blew me away. It's probably a tie with that and uh, Majora's Mask, actually. I think I'm one of the few people that puts it that highly. Um, I mean, Zelda's the game on my list that I don't really need to explain. I think yep. everybody gets why it's yeah. good, why yeah. it's held up, why it's popular, and how it keeps reinventing itself to stay fresh. I mean, it was kind of one of the first real RPG games that came out. Yeah, you'll you'll notice a running theme with RPGs on my list that that makes yeah. up about the entire yeah. thing. Most so. of them. So yep. I just kind of want to get your take on this. Breath of the Wild. I've heard a lot of stuff. I've played through a bit of it, but Zelda's never really been my thing. Um, Breath of the Wild makes a good open world RPG, does not make a good Zelda game. Uh, if they did the dungeons a little differently, I would disagree yeah. with you. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Divine Beasts, but the shrines are excellent. Um, and I like that what they did with cho- uh, being able to choose the order of the dungeons that you do and giving you all the tools at the beginning. I really like that. Um, the dungeons were the main thing, I, I would say. If if uh, if they made more traditional dungeons, then I would say it's very faithful to the game and reinvents it in all the right ways. Um, the only thing I would say is you wouldn't have your iconic um, magical item that goes with the dungeon, like the boomerang or the hook shot, um, which if you're doing it in the Breath of the Wild style, you can't really do. So I can see why they did it. I can see what I would change. People are going to hate me for this, but I just don't like Breath of the Wild. No. I don't like it at all. I think they should have taken more time, like you said, focus on the dungeons and make them better and actually have real Zelda dungeons instead of these like shrines all across the world. Like, come on. That's just, that was padding to fill out the world because you couldn't fill it out with like, I can certainly see why you say that. I mean, uh, they are, they're basically physics playgrounds. I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make the original Zelda in a modern open world setting. And right. In some aspects, it it works, but damn, does that weapon degradation kill me? I hate that so much. It's so terrible. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Whoever thought that was a great idea, Nintendo, stop it. Fire them. Get a different system in place because that is absolute garbage. I right. hated it. Yeah, part of me, part of me didn't like that. Um, 
it took as much as it did to get like the master sword and that you didn't have that iconic weapon with you the whole time. Cause a lot of the Zelda games, they start you with the Kokiri sword or whatever. So, you know, the, uh, the goddess sword, and then you eventually come to get the master sword and you're like, yes, I'm at my full power now. And that's like a signature of Zelda is like, I'm in, I'm at the end of this game. I'm about to go fight Ganon. I've got my sword. Let's go. And even the master sword, quote unquote breaks when it runs out of energy <laughs> yeah, so it's like so stupid yeah I, uh, that's, that's a deviation i didn't appreciate but at least but it comes I, back. I get, but i really like the lost woods and how you have to yes. go into the korok forest to get it and i really like that part oh it's, it's a great looking game i mean i've i mean it's got great reviews it's just i've heard that it's a really really good game it's just not a great zelda game yeah. yep I could see but, that. Um, yeah, I Skyward th- Sword was the best. That's, so. that's true. It was not the first on your list. I'm not giving you anything for that. But um, Jimmy and Defaced, your guys is number three. They are the same, but I feel like they are different. <laughs> yep. World of Warcraft. I don't think anybody can deny that. It It deserves a top ten spot in any list honestly i mean still going to this day personally i i don't like what wow has kind of devolved into this like really easy uh for the masses rpg that just holds your hand through each zone i i just don't like it i i think vanilla world of warcraft when it came out around zolgarub was the epitome of MMOs. It was the perfect MMO. There just wasn't anything wrong with it. You had to work for what you wanted. Um, you felt like what you got was important. You felt like what you got was powerful, and you felt like what 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 you've done meant something. And I think that's you could show things off to people in vanilla and say, "Oh yeah, he actually did something, and he actually accomplished something." Now it's just like. The only thing that means anything is doing really stupid mythic dungeons and oh wow, your item level is higher. That's cool, but you don't look any different, so what's the point? It's just I don't know. Vanilla is just perfect in every way. Not to be confused with classic. Uh classic is 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 okay. Um it's close to the same thing, if not the same thing, but the back end of it just isn't the same. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I love World of Warcraft. Vanilla. For me, I played mainly during... I got into it at the end of Vanilla. Um, didn't really find out about raiding until most of the way through uh, Burning Crusade. Um, I just played casually, just, you know, mainly PvP, stuff like that. And um, I didn't even have a max level for the longest time because I just hated leveling. Um, I didn't enjoy it by itself. I don't enjoy single-player games. But for me, when I got into the raid environment and raiding, especially against the Lich King in, in Ice Crown Citadel, and how intense that fight was and how much teamwork, um, you had to have... A tank that would tank the boss, a tank that would tank the adds, healers that were dedicated to keeping one tank alive, 
Another healer that was dedicated to keeping the raid alive. Another healer that was dedicated to keeping the off-tank alive. Just all that teamwork, just for that one fight alone, was just awesome. And I've been striving to find that kind of game amount of teamwork since. And the only place I could ever find it was going, it was World of Warcraft. Unfortunately, the game also, to get to that point where you are able to raid, you need to basically commit yourself to the game. And that's something I'm no longer willing to do. Um, But when I did, it was like a job. I mean, seriously, call it. Certainly. I don't necessarily think you have to devote yourself that much anymore. I mean, it's not to, to be in a hardcore raiding guild. You do, well, yeah, but like, I mean, you can still do the raids. You can still do LFR, and while many, yeah, people, but that's not, that's not the real experience. I mean, at that point, like, who cares? Like, I mean, uh, you're playing, just doing you're doing the same thing. You're just doing it at a higher difficulty. There's no, yeah, there's not, and. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. For for me, it 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 is the difference. I don't want to. I don't know, and that's why I don't play it anymore. Um, because the game has changed drastically since when I remember playing it. Um, I, I feel like I feel like in the same way LFR ruined community aspects of raiding. Uh, Mythic dungeons ruined the creativity of the raid dungeons themselves. I think basically what it came down to is they made tier bosses and tier raids just so that they could pump out mythic raids easier. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I hate the fact that like the same content isn't available or the same difficult content isn't the top thing for everybody anymore. Uh, I think that's just so counterproductive to what an MMO truly is that it completely ruins what the game is supposed to be. And I get what you're saying with like the community aspect, but like at the same time, like the teamwork and what whatnot was there. It was there in vanilla. It was there in MC. It was there in Blackwing Layer. It was there in Zolgarub. Even without being in a mythic dungeon, it was there. Yeah, I understand that. I'm not taking anything away from vanilla. Um, I never experienced vanilla during those raids. Um, so I can't shame. talk. Such a shame. Sorry. Yeah, I never never got into a guild that was raiding during that time. Um, the people I played with were very casual, and then they eventually got a little more hardcore. And by the time we were actually competent enough at the game to to raid... It was the end of Burning Crusade. So that's where I picked up my raid experience from. The the very first actual main boss that I downed that was like, oh my god, I can't believe we did this, was Kael'thas Sunstrider in... um, Sunwell? Sunwell Plateau, I think. Sunwell. It's either Sunwell or the Eye. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember, yeah. Pretty sure it was um, Sunwell. No, downing, no, it was the eye. It was the eye. Yeah, downing him with those weapons that could like create other characters and yet it get a seat. Yeah, that was another fight where everybody had a job to do. And if one team of your your raid screwed up, the whole thing would wipe. 
So, I mean, that was the experience that I've been trying to find in other games. And the only way I have found it is in another game that I'm going to mention here coming up. Um, but that's from a different point of view. Um, the thing I do love about the game is how much, like, you can literally log on to World of Warcraft and you can do one of a bajillion things. Like, it is literally an all-encompassing game where you can go grind gear, you can go grind uh, currency, you can go play uh, Pokemon in the game, legitimately, um, with the pet battle system. You can go grind um, transmogrification uh, for vanity stuff. You can mount, you can do mounts, you can do uh, Dark Moon Fair. There's just like unlimited. The game is like so much. You get your money's worth when you play the game, when you're invested in the game. Don't get me wrong. It's just. I, I want. I, I don't want to feel like the way I played it was so hardcore where I had a job to do. I was in charge of making X amount of gold to pay my raid dues, making X amount of um, potions to, to bring to raid, making X amount of food for myself. And then I was an officer. So on top of that, I had to provide for the raid themselves. So it can be played casually. It can be played more aggressively as well. Um, still, I fully it's, understand that. Uh, even it's, in Guild Wars, I was an officer for a while, and it was like a job, basically. When you have when you have to be responsible for the fun time that your members are having, it seems worth mm-hmm. it at first, but it, it can be completely encompassing. Yes, um, and that's where it gets stressful, because if I don't do it, there's nobody else doing it. And unfortunately, the consumables are what you need to beat these bosses. So if somebody doesn't do it, you show up and you pretty much have... Uh, okay, you you can know the fight, you can have all the gear and everything like that, but if you don't have the consumables, consumables farmed out, there's no way you're going to out-damage the enrage timer, and you might as well just call it a night because you're going to wipe. So that's where the whole putting in time outside of raid nights, you're basically doing all this for the three to four to five hours that you're going to spend raiding one night a week. Starting off number two, um, I picked Forza Horizon. They're like one of my favorite racing series. I have not like a burning passion for, but just a fondness for racing games, especially ones that look really good that you can free roam around the countryside. That's that's kind of their thing. And the radio stations were so good. The music was awesome. I've spent so many nights just relaxing and just driving. It's just a great time. One would be my favorite because it's the obviously it's the first one I played, so nostalgia plays a lot into it. Uh, I like the rival system where each um, like each race you did, you had mission races, and each one was a different person that you were going up against. And then once you beat them, you got their car. You paid for you know pink slips. Until you got to the very, I guess you'd consider him a boss, the last guy you race against. Uh, I think he was like a, he was in a Ferrari, it was like a 440 or something like that. But you had to race around almost the entire map. And it was honestly just a really good time. But 
Forza is one that I will always pick up. I will always drop some time into, especially if I want to relax and I'm not doing something. I just want to hang out. I will always hop on the horizon and just go. Awesome. Horizon's a, like, I know Horizon 4 is like, the graphics and everything in that is just insane. Yeah, it's One such a pretty game. Looks it good, looks so know? good. Um, yeah, I just I'm so fond of Horizon in general. Uh, Defaced, your number two. Okay, my number two is the greatest Japanese RPG ever made. The one, the only Chrono Trigger. It is everything a Japanese RPG should be. There, the combo system to combine different attacks between your characters is absolutely awesome. Um, Chrono Trigger to me um, was again. It was like Final Fantasy VI, right? Where I would go out and rent the game every weekend, and you know, my save would all, always be you know deleted, and some new dude you know saved his game to it but like i would start over and i would get you know so far and i would just keep playing it because it was so good and i absolutely love chrono trigger it is like i don't know there's just nothing no japanese rpg in my personal opinion can compare to chrono trigger it's just amazing one of the lead artists was toriyama Yep. Which yep. I mean it, it looks the cover art looks like DBZ. It's well just yep. Dragon Ball in general, but Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. There's just so much to do, so many different endings. Um you can play it over and over again. You can beat the game like instantly <laughs> if you know how to do it right. Um yeah, it's man, like getting to the end of time and Fighting Lavos, uh, that fight was absolutely epic. You know, this weird, freaky-looking alien dude coming from outer space to destroy the entire planet. Um, it's just, uh, I I love that game. Love that game to death. It's a good one to pick. I think Chrono Trigger is the single biggest gap in my gaming knowledge of any other game. <laughs> I've never played it. Oh my god. I Play know. It. You can probably find an emulator somewhere. Oh, I'm I'm sure I could. You would think as much as I like JRPGs that I would have played it, but it's oh, on yeah. Steam. I really oh, have nope. to. It is uh Chrono Cross, is that a sequel? Yes, that is a sequel to Chrono Trigger. It is not as good, but it is also very good though. Well, I know what I have to get around to playing then. Yep. Play it. Well, Aaron, what do you got for your number two? Uh, I'm sure it's going to be pretty unique. I don't, I don't see too many people with this near the top of their list. Uh, mine is Tales of Symphonia. Um, oh, based man, on the rest of my list, it, it checks off a lot of things. It's on the GameCube. It's an RPG. The music's great. I happen to be a huge fan of cell shading. This is Tales of Symphonia is getting in is getting into the realm of like helping you get through hard times in your life good it's just one of those things where i I, i've probably played through it 
eight times at least in my lifetime. And the first playthrough was 30 hours. I probably got it down to about 20 over time. I could just hop back in at any point in the story and know exactly where I'm at and finish the game over the course of a weekend. I don't have that kind of time now, but it, the the music is just, it's so quintessentially Tales. If you know what Tales music sounds like, it actually is reminiscent of Golden Sun in that like very light, fluttery, like ambient music, but it, it's it's just so Tales. And it's very light. It, it, you know, it's not a game that's going to stress you out. It's just going to make you happy the whole time you're playing it. The world exploration is great. The combat's great. And it, and they know how to punctuate it with those tense, heavy scenes of, you know, a character death, a, you know, a struggling poor family being lauded over by the town's, you know, greedy mayor, you know, or, or just a town ruined by a natural disaster, or, you know, they, they know how to touch on heavy subjects and it wraps it in such a nice bow that it's a really compelling story, but it never makes you upset. It just, it just tells it the right way. I have it on steam and I really need to get around to playing it. Yeah, the only problem is with that port. It's like a direct PS3 port. It wasn't made specifically <clears throat> for PC. The The best I played it was on the GameCube. But I, from what I've seen, it works okay. So highly recommend it. I really wish <clears throat> I really wish they would uh, remake Skies of Arcadia. Did you ever play Dude, that? Oh, yeah. I thought about putting that on my list. I, I sold that. I got like 150 hours into that game. I got down to the last... Um, <laughs> The, what are the little creatures called? There was, you know, those oh, artifacts you have to find. There's like 150 of them, or yeah. 100 of them. It was like the moon uh, globet or whatever the little tadpole-looking creature like was. That, yeah, it was like this gigantic one. It was the moon version of it, and that was the last thing I had to find, and I never found it because I think there's like a story gate to it where if you get past a certain point in the story and there's something you don't do, you can't find it. But other than that, I completely 100%ed that game. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. Terrible graphics, though they may be, because they look yeah. like they were off the N64. It was rough. But All right. I think we're, yeah. we're down to it, right? Jimmy, what's your number two? Heroes of the Storm. I knew it. Um, I know it's Everybody's going to say, well, what about Dodo? What about League? It's it's different. It has teamwork that I can only wish other games had. Um, literally, the game is, there's no items. There's no gold. There's no nothing. Everybody levels as a team. You get abilities as a team. Um, I've been on a couple different teams. And I've coached teams. Uh, the team that I just coached this past season came in fourth place in the pro scene. And, well, they got a decent chunk of money out of it. They got about eight grand that they split between five players. 
I volunteered. I didn't take a cut because I'm not going to take a cut from the players. Um, the winning team got 50 grand. So the, the team that came in first place. So there is an esports scene around it. Um, I just, it's, it's just, it has everything that I've always wanted. I love Diablo. I love, which I'm surprised nobody's mentioned Diablo yet. Um, I love Diablo. I love, uh, I love World of Warcraft. I just seeing all the different characters from all the different games. I love Starcraft. Um, come together and fight each other is like a fantasy for me. So, um, I can get into the whole ins and outs of the game, but that's my number two. I probably have 20,000 games played in it. Um, I literally own every single hero in the game. I own all the skins. I own, God knows, I put time, effort, and money into it. So we'll just leave it at that. It's one of my all-time favorite games. So for me not to play it. You know how how much shit we give you for loving Hots. I, I I commend your passion for it. Thank you. You know his wife's like Jimmy. Stop! Stop talking about Hots. <laughs> stop talking about Hots, man. Hots again? <laughs> oh god, it's fine. Love the games you love, man. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Unless you love Fortnite. Oh. <laughs> Even that game was pretty good. That it was it was good when it came out on beta. It when it first came out, it was good before people were building towers in three seconds. Um, number one, number one. Jeez, my brain froze. Uh, all right, and finally, number one on our ten list. Uh, gonna start off with something. Um, anybody who knows me probably not surprised. The Soulsborne series, most specifically Bloodborne. I love Elder Tor. I love the Soulsborne playstyle. I love how dark and gritty it is. I love the story of you're this hunter who's stuck in a perpetual dream, and every time you die, you reawaken in the dream, and you're just it's this endless cycle, and the world's ending, and every time you kill a boss, the landscape itself changes, and God, it's so good. It's just so good. The they boss are very good. Are the boss designs are they're all of the souls games yeah of course i love them but bloodborne specifically the designs are so good i'm not even gonna say spoiler but if you manage to get all the uh the umbilical cords and you can fight the uh oh the moon presence but the moon presence uh is such a beautiful fight uh just how it's it's all about this. There's this thing that's becoming a god and the birth of a new great old one. And that's this new god thing. It's, oh, it's just so good. But that's my. There's that's a reason why why it. There's a reason why it created it like an entire genre. So yeah. But and did I you lo- ever I love- beat it on a DDR pad? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love the the minimalist storytelling too. How you're just, it just feels like you're going through point to point, but if you actually look into it and investigate, you're telling stories. It's so good. Um, but that's my gush on that one. Uh, Defaced, you're number one. Oh boy. I've wanted to talk about this game all night, and it is Half Life 2. Oh my God. I could play Half Life 2 
over and over and over and over again, and I will never, ever, ever get bored. I love this game to death. I have beaten it probably ten times, um, at at least. Um, well, Perlek and I are actually playing a co-op session uh, in Synergy. Um, it pushed so many things forward in terms of like game development and game physics and game graphics and animation that it's just man it's is it is so so good in so many ways the magnum is a, an amazing weapon the pistol even though it's just a pea shooter is still fun to shoot the shotgun oh my god the shotgun uh the the crossbow for a sniper rifle um everything about it i just i love it the setting the the you know the eastern european rundown city 17 um the characters alex vance eli vance dr kleiner uh even barney like my goodness like everything about half-life 2 even episode one and episode two, I count those. Um, just ah, Ravenholm. Like, there's no other. Like, I remember Ravenholm. I, I like when I think of a video game, I think of Ra- Ravenholm because it's just so well designed. The fact that you go through, you start each little trap, and it just chops up zombies. And uh, it's, I love Half Life too. It's, I can't stress it enough how much i love that game like it's just so good i love it i mean it's valve's iconic game it is even half-life one you know they came out uh, those modders came out with black mesa and that that's that's pretty fun and i've played all the way through it and i played a lot of the original half-life um but i just, i could never i can never get through it but like half-life 2 oh my god like everything about it is just it's it's perfect the combine, uh, yeah. the gravity gun, dog, like, man, I love it. It's it's amazing. Aaron, you're number one. So all the stuff I said about Tales of Symphonia, how it's it's so good, it gets you through hard times in your life, and it just sucks you in like nothing else. Uh, the only game in my life that's ever done that better is Bastion. It is, it is short and sweet and perfect, and it it doesn't. There's nothing here to excess or to annoy you. It is exactly what needs to be in the game, in the exact capacity that it needs to be. And this game has possibly the best soundtrack I have ever heard of any game in my life. Like I'll just go back and listen to it to this day. The game has four characters and there is more personality there and three of them don't even talk. There's two of them sing and that is it. One does not talk. And I could, if I, if I see the game, if I play the game, if I hear the soundtrack, I am no matter where I am, I'm just whisked away. And I think of those times when the game first came out and I was 20 or 21. So over 10 years ago, and I would just stay up until four in the morning on my sixth playthrough since I bought it, just 
drinking monster energy drinks, sitting in my dark room in the middle of the night and just headphones on fully tuned out and just absorbed into this like magical post-apocalyptic world where the only information you have is what the narrator tells you. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. The guy who narrates it is, is just so good. His, he's got a, he's just got this like really raspy, but silky smooth, like just voice that just really paints a picture. The, the art style of the game is extremely simplistic. It's really a pretty game. Yeah. It still walks you through the devastation of the calamity and it takes you through what happened to Ceylandia, what happened to the Ura. Um, it even makes you fall in love with like a cargo ship <laughs> because <laughs> there's an entire level okay. based around you protecting this cargo ship and how the local creatures of the area that you would normally fight in other levels come to defend the ship with you and you befriend them throughout the course of that level. And the entire time the narrator is telling you what happened to that ship and the level's only five minutes long, but you care more about that ship than a lot of other games make you care about their main characters just because of the way it's told. And the game, the first time I played through it, it's it's probably about six or seven hours. The game also implements new game plus perfectly. It takes two or three playthroughs to hundred percent the game, which I've done several times and no matter where I am, I could, I know I can hop into bastion and put on my best headphones and just go away no matter what. Huh? I really need to play that. I have it on PC and I have it on switch. You have to play it. I, yeah. Yep. And finally, Jimmy, number one, what do you got? (sighs) I dedicated over 15,000 hours into this game. And I know that because I, I have it screenshotted. Um, this was the game that I grew up playing. I played it competitively. I traveled. I drove uh, places for tournaments for this game. It was an eSport before eSports were around. I played SOCOM 2 on PlayStation 2. <sighs> I was in some of the top clans. I was in Liquid Zero. I was in Nova. I was in Ghost. Um, these were like some of the biggest clans that there were before eSports was a scene. and. Um, there was a website that spawned from it. Um, it's called. It was called SOCOM Battles. It eventually grew out of just SOCOM to they started offering Madden and Mortal Kombat, Tekken, and all these other stuff. So it became Game Battles. Game Battles was eventually sold to Blizzard and is now called Major League Gaming. And it all spawned from one game, SOCOM. Um, hmm. It's awesome. It's it's really awesome to think about that. Um, I know the guy that started the website. His name is Hexum, and really cool dude. He was a member of Liquid Zero with me. I was a main sniper. I would quick scope the shit out of people. Um, that's how I originally got my name Lost, because when I first started playing the game, I would run around maps looking like I was lost, and next thing you know, I'm on a four-player kill streak. I played the game yeah. thinking outside the box, and um. It's one of those games where it's 8v8, and if you die, you're dead until the next round. So your life matters. Um, you have to play it strategically, 
um, a lot of people would play it where they just rush right at each other like a wall of death, and the match was over within seconds. And I didn't do that. I held back, I sniped, and I wound up being one of the highest MMR players in the game. I can't wait for the... There's rumors right now that SOCOM 2 is getting remade by the key, by the people that made Killzone that are um, the people that made uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. They have a second team that is working on a secret project. They've been hiring old SOCOM developers. They've hired esports managers that ran esports for Call, for, uh, Call of Duty. They've hired a, an esports manager that ran the esports section for Rainbow Six Siege. And everything points to them. They, they renewed the SOCOM license. SOCOM2.com has been registered and is taken, and there is nothing on it. And I'm, I'm just... I'm just so ready, baby. It's it's gonna be if that ever comes out, I'm buying a PS5. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my number one all time. Beautiful. Uh, all right. Before we wrap up, anybody want to toss out some honorable mentions? Things that did not make your list, but might have in a different uh, iteration. Call of Duty Four. Yes, that's a good one. Um, King's Quest Six, uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist. Uh, mm, can't argue with Splinter Cell. Yeah. Uh, toss out Smite. Uh, the Jack and Daxter series. Love Jack and Daxter. Jack Two, Jack Three. Wasn't a big fan of Jack Racing and Bad Company. Bad Company 2. Diablo 2. Cool. Um, am I allowed to say Rocket League? <laughs> yeah, Rocket yeah. League. Of course you're allowed to say Rocket League. It's your favorite never, list, man. Never has a game made me happier or more angry than Rocket League. But that's just the passion. Yeah. Another uh, point-and-click game for me. Um, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. All right. It's a great, great uh, Lucas Arts uh, point and click game. Oh, God. Uh, Lucas Arts, Kodor, one and two. I mean, yep. the original yep. Battlefront 2. Original that Battlefront actually, games. Uh, Love them. Galactic Conquest. I mean, yeah, that was actually oh, a pandemic. So good. Yep. Love it. Oh. I believe it. Oh, yeah. Yep. This probably isn't the first oh. of the series we're going to be doing. We're going to look at probably doing different genres, different, uh, you know, retro, modern, lists like that. Um, yeah, give us some feedback. We're on, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts. We're there. Um, find us on Twitter at Chill Gamer Show or, uh, sorry, Chill Pod Two at Chill Pod Two on Twitter. Or chillpod asks on Gmail. Send us some feedback if you want. And uh, have a good day, everybody. See you later. Thanks for listening.